"'Twas the night before Christmas when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. Merry Christmas! Welcome to the first ever Into One Community Church Christmas Eve Church Online service ever! Hi, my name is Graham. Not only am I a member of Into One Community Church, I'm also the pastor. Thank you for letting us join with you to be a part of your Christmas tradition this year. Thanks for welcoming us into your home, and we count it as both an honor and a privilege. So, twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house. It kind of sounds like a Christmas poem, right? There's an old preacher joke that kind of used to describe what a sermon might look like, and they would say it's three points and a poem. Tonight, we're not doing that. I'm going to give you three poems, and then the point. At least parts of three poems, okay? And the best part about this whole thing, you've already had the first partial poem. Look at that. You are moving along so well, very efficient of you, well done. Poems, they are often the vehicle for the story, the way that we release um, some of our, our deepest emotions, the, the delight of life in humor, the wonder of life in love, and the approaching end of life in the inevitability of suffering and death. Now in 1863, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, how's that for some name dropping, right? Longfellow wrote a poem and for him it was to try and release the pain and to help him process through his heart and, and in his faith as well. His nation at that time was divided by war. His son had divided the family and that relationship by sneaking off to that war. His son then wounded in battle, returned home to heal. And his wife, dressed in fancy Christmas clothes while at a Christmas party, her dress caught on fire and she, trapped in all the layers of her fancy clothes, was burned to death. Doesn't that sound like the great backstory of an amazing Christmas poem turned into a carol? It's that, that juxtaposition of the, the surrounding real world and the ideal world. The, the, the real world that's filled with pain. It's filled with disappointment. It's filled with loss. It's filled with loneliness. A world that's characterized by longing and aching for the release of hope. And that image is so closely resembling our Advent countdown, the anticipation, the longing for a Savior, longing for someone or something to just change the sense of where we are right now. And in a very pleasant way and traditionally symbolic way, it plays out in the growing gathering underneath a tree in your home. The gifts are there, but they're, they're hidden. The anticipation of sharing and, and delighting and releasing, it's, it's all hiding in plain sight under the tree. And we are filled with anticipation. That already but not yet feeling is what we live with on a daily basis. And that's what the poem that Longfellow wrote was all about. It's the Christmas experience that has been the experience for every year, from the first Christmas until this Christmas. But in this year, 
In this year, perhaps it feels even more poignant. Poem number two, I heard the bells on Christmas Day. And in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said. For hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in our world, cancel culture, well, that's become a big thing. Anytime we don't like an element or, or someone or something, we just release our outrage and let them know. And we move to get rid of the whole. How very human of us. But that is not the way of God, however, whose ongoing passion is always about redemption and restoration. Always. Both of those concepts seem somewhat tired for most of us. They speak of an inefficiency in time and an, an extravagance of resources that we simply can't afford. It'll take too long. It's going to cost too much. It's just not worth it. And that is, of course, where we differ with the view of God most consistently, for He has said and He has demonstrated to us that He pays no mind whatsoever to the cost and is eternally patient with all He would redeem. So here is a non-traditional Christmas passage to go with our non-traditional year that describes the gift of God by revealing the utter extravagance of its cost. God doesn't just give for no reason, but when he's doing it, he's always teaching, always revealing. And all that he does, he reveals who he is and he reveals what he's like. And it is to that image that we are being restored. We are welcomed into the partnership, opportunity to live these things out just as if we ourselves were made in the image of God. Which, of course, we are. Now, poem number three. This is not a poem written by the Apostle Paul, but it is quoted by him in his letter to the churches in the region of Philippi, Philippians chapter 2, starting at verse 8. He's describing what he wants. So in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Verse 6, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. He did not try to grasp onto it. He didn't grasp at it. He released it. He released his rights for the purpose of the mission. Verse 7, rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. Eight, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Now, that doesn't sound, frankly, like a gift that most of us want to unwrap tomorrow morning. Take it back. That is definitely not the right size. I don't like that gift. And I'll grant you that it can be somewhat disorienting at first. At first glance, it is not what we were thinking. That whole Jesus style that seems to have an entirely different system of values, it's, 
Well, it's all just so upside down, isn't it? We have spent our entire lives, our whole lives, living and breathing, trained to be all about in it, to win it. And then we see Jesus, that humility example, and that looks like someone who was intentionally in it to not win it. Jesus came as a baby. Nobody was thinking of Messiah looking like that. And we still don't. How are you going to win if you do that? We want our power. We want our wealth. We want our privilege to always and only work towards our benefit and not um, and on our behalf, not on their behalf, not on the behalf of others. We want to get, we want to grasp, we want to hold what is ours, mine. We want to unwrap it for me. And then we see the gift that was purchased on our behalf. And we are equal parts confused and blown away. The Apostle John wrote about it when he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And then the also important verse 17, For God did not uh, enter the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. To condemn the gift is easy. It's immediate. That's not what I said I wanted. I thought I was clear. That's not even on my list. But the gift, oh, it's both surprising and better than we ever thought possible. The gift transforms us as we receive it, but then it doesn't stop, it keeps going. It's like a viral infection that recreates the host and then is spread from the host into the rest of all creation, spreading life and not death, counteracting the curse of sin. Back to the conclusion of poem number two. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail with peace on earth. Good will to men. And that poem ref reflects uh, poem three in the declaration of hope and the conclusion of poem number three that the Apostle Paul was quoting. Philippians 2, starting at verse 9. And therefore... Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, verse 10, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, 11, and every tongue confess, acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The gift, <laughs> the gift has been unwrapped. The gift awakens in us life and grace and truth and, and hope and, and love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and perseverance and self-control. May this Christmas, this Christmas experience housed within your gift 
of salvation. Be the beautiful, blossoming fruit of the Spirit of God. Father, thank you for the gift that you have given to us that we continue to open regularly as we try to remember what it is you have done, as we try to figure out what it is that you are still doing in us. We look at our world and the real world and we say, but God, it doesn't look like you're winning. But God, it doesn't look like I'm winning. Can I trust you? When Jesus started his plan, he gave up everything that he had to sit at the right hand of God the Father. Whatever he wanted was his, but what he decided he wanted most was us. He wanted me. He wanted you. And so he gave it all up. He humbled himself. He gave us an example of what it is to live in devotion to God. And when it looked like he had lost it all, he had lost his life, we thought, that's the end. We feel like that might be the end for us. The story does not end there. It does not end with the hate, and it does not end with the cancel, and it does not end with the frustration. That is just the transition point as the true gift comes to life in us, and he was transformed. He was vindicated. You vindicated him on that day by raising him back to life. That is what we hang our head on, our hat on. That is the, the key point of our faith. Everything that we believe hangs on that story, and it is all comprised in a little gift that sits under the tree. And so as we open these gifts later, we are reminded of the gift that you have given and that it is so much more than we at first see, that it transforms us and releases us and it renews us. Lord Jesus, for my friends that are listening tonight, I pray that you would meet them right now exactly as they need to be met. There are some who need encouragement for they feel discouraged. There are some who need some provision. It just ran out. But you provide. There are some who need health. God, I pray that you would bring restoration and wholeness. There are gifts that are far beyond what we can download order online, or curb pickup. There are things that must be delivered straight to our heart. And we ask that your delivery service would be in full service tonight. Meet us. Meet me tonight. As we celebrate your sacrifice for us, the joy that comes from you being our hope, a Savior has come. And he is Christ, the King.